0: Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello, and welcome once again to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern, and we are so grateful to have you here with us today. I want to say a big hello to my dear friend, Crystal Wright, who is back for week number four in Isaiah 40 with me. Hi, Crystal. Thanks for being here.
1: Yes. Hi, Carrie.
0: You are a very good friend to be in this chapter for four weeks with me. I appreciate it so much. We've covered a lot of ground here. We've been in verse 1, verse 8, verse 11, and now we are going to be in Isaiah 40, verse 31 today. So I'm going to go ahead and read the verse, and then as always, we're going to pull some truth and a choice out of this verse today. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says this, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And Crystal, is that verse not just like medicine? <laughs> it's it's medicinal. I, it's an invitation for us to participate in the peace and the rest and everything that Jesus promises us to be. And this is one of those messianic chapters of Isaiah. So I'm just so excited to process this and to meditate on this verse with you today. Would you go ahead and start? Would you pull some truth out of this for us to to really consider this week so that we're set up to make a choice to apply it? What's the truth you pull out of this verse?
1: Yeah, I agree. This, this verse is kind of like a big exclamation point on the end of a mm. sentence for us. And I just think back of some of the things we've talked about in the book of Isaiah. And it's really a journey that we're getting to see God's interaction with Israel, but it parallels so much of our lives. And so the beginning of Isaiah really is strong warning against sin and condemnation. And then it moves into some of the consequences and the history of what happened because of choosing sin instead of relationship with God. And then we move into chapter 40, which really begins to transition us into this hopeful promise of a Savior, the Messianic chapters, where we're being comforted because God is choosing to come down into our rebellion and our brokenness and restore relationship with the hope that Christ is coming. So... I just think back on the verses that we've looked at that, verse one, all about comfort, proclaiming comfort. Verse eight is that strong assurance that God's word will last forever. We can put our trust in it. Verse 11, this beautiful picture of this loving, gentle God who holds us close to his heart like a shepherd. And now this verse, which is, like you said, it's medicine. It's just proclaiming this this beautiful promise to us. So the truth that I kind of ended up on after my meditation was really looking at that first sentence, those who hope in the Lord, or some verses say those who wait upon the Lord. And this verse is really tied to verse 27 of this chapter, which talks about Oh, Jacob, oh, Israel, basically, oh, you people of God, you people who know God, why do you say that my way is hidden from the Lord and that God has ignored my cause? And it's connecting this promise that those who are waiting and hoping in the Lord, he is going to renew their strength. But it goes back to the heart of the fact that even as his people, we have this deep moments in our lives where we really wrestle with wondering where where is god at work and is he at work personally in my life and some of the verses that we didn't look at in this chapter kind of the, the middle of the the chapter talk on and on about how no one and nothing is comparable to god he is far above anything on this earth and yet, even with that, we still hit these places where we go, but God, do you see me? Where are you? <laughs> yeah. And what I love about scripture is it is so real and so honest. It gives us permission to have those moments, but then it's always met with the truth of who God is and the hope that we have. And that's a theme throughout all of scripture. Yes, we have honest questions. We have honest lament. We have honest confusion and fear. But it's always followed up with this hopefulness that God, um, God is powerful. He, He is a God who hears our concerns, our questions, our fears, and he is powerful enough to respond and he loves us enough to respond. And that's what this verse is to me. It's that promise that God, he knows our frailty. He calls us to trust in him. And then he gives us everything that we need, the strength, the Mm. renewal, and that hope.
0: Mm. Crystal, thank you so much for the summary reminding us of the bigger context and for that truth. And I absolutely agree with you. I actually read the verse initially in the New Living Translation, which says trust. But you're correct. Many translations use the word wait. Others use the word hope. And I think it's really important to pull this word out because this word in the Hebrew does mean all of those things. And what's interesting is we'll often use trust or wait for present tense, right? I'm trusting God today. But we also need to have a hopeful expectation, not just an immediate change of circumstances that God's capable of, but that ultimately I hope that he's going to change the outcome, That he's going to take what it appears the enemy is using or intending for evil in my life and he's going to make something beautiful out of it. So it's not just waiting and trusting for today, it's hoping for the future. And this verse really hits close to home for me because last night, honestly, I was sitting on my back porch and... I have this habit, and I share this with my clients all the time, of practicing Matthew 11, 28 through 30, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, where I encourage all of my clients to see Jesus standing before them in prayer, because Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says we keep our eyes on Jesus. That's how we get rid of the burdens, the sins, the weight that easily beset us, and hand burdens to Jesus in prayer. If you're tired, if you're exhausted, if you're weary, if you're afraid, if you're believing lies whatever it is that's stealing your joy and your peace you hand those burdens to Jesus in prayer you name them hand them to him say Jesus i give you watch it disappear and go to the next one until you feel like your you know for for lack of a better illustration your spiritual backpack is empty you give him all of those rocks all those burdens in the backpack until it's empty that's something that i do on a regular basis But this past weekend was one of those weekends, Crystal, and I think you and most of our listeners can relate to this, where it just felt like there was attack after attack after attack. There were so many things that were coming against not against my husband and I but from the outside coming against the two of us we just felt like we were surrounded by spiritual attacks and we're certainly not people that give the enemy credit or attention we're focusing on Jesus but we know spiritual warfare is real and it just felt heavy and it was one of those times where I felt like I couldn't give the weight the burdens those rocks in the backpack to Jesus fast enough And it was affecting my, my peace. It was affecting my ability to sleep. I had that sick feeling in the pit of my stomach. And I said, Lord, how do I get all of this weight and responsibility off of me and put it on you?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And he said, Carrie, I need you to not only trust me right now by giving me all of those burdens. I need you to pray in faith, believing for the outcome. All of this seems so dark. It seems so heavy. It seems so impossible now. But I want you to pray in faith and I want you to believe that I'm going to take all of this, turn it on its head, and use it for your good. I want you to start thanking me for allowing all of this. Because not only is it growing you closer to your husband, Carrie, it's also growing you closer to me. Because every time we have to wait on the Lord, hope in the Lord, trust in the Lord, what happens to our relationship with the Lord? It grows deeper, it grows more intimate. And he said, I'm allowing these things, not because I've abandoned you, not because I've walked away from you or forgotten you. I'm allowing these things because I know you, Carrie, and I know your husband. And I know that these trials, these setbacks, in air quotes, that the world would call, these challenges that you're facing, they're going to make your relationship stronger with your husband. But more importantly, they're going to make your relationship with me stronger. And as you wait, as you trust, as you hope in me, You will find your strength in me. That's what this verse is saying and nowhere else. But Crystal, I need a reminder that he's the only place that strength is found. And I'm going to go first and I'm going to say, if I'm doing really well, if I don't have a lot of challenges, if I don't have a lot of difficulties or struggles in my life, I am prone to wander. I could quickly forget. I could easily find my strength Not meaning to turn away from the Lord, but unintentionally, I could find my strength in myself. If the day is not too challenging, then I might forget that I need him and do it myself and not rely on him and not trust in him. And so the promise here that when we trust in him, wait for him, hope in him, we find strength is in the middle of those situations that would otherwise make us weary and faint because that's how the verse ends up. Regardless of what's coming against us, we're not going to grow weary. We're not going to grow faint. So the prophet Isaiah is not talking about good days here. He's not talking about easy days. He's talking about days where there's a lot of spiritual oppression or we're being attacked by our loved ones. We're being falsely accused or lied about or slandered or somebody's mad at us or somebody cuts us off in traffic or we lose our job or we get a terrible health diagnosis. It's then the Lord is saying, I've allowed that to draw you to myself. And when you find your strength in me alone, It is there that you will not grow weary. You will not be faint. And I just got to actually live this passage last night. And I just wanted to share that. I am not exempt from needing to be reminded of how much I need his strength. To not rely on my own strength. And I think that we all need to be willing to thank the Lord for the difficulties in our lives. Not because they're easy, not because they're things that we would choose crystal, but because ultimately, at the end of the day, we're humble enough to recognize if we get everything we want, if everything is easy, if we have no struggle, no trial, no challenges in our lives, we're not growing spiritually. And we might even be stagnating spiritually. And the Lord loves us enough to let that happen by allowing things in our lives that will keep us dependent on him. Because dependency on him is quite literally the definition of spiritual maturity. So Crystal, how can we apply this passage? Trusting in the Lord, finding our strength, soaring high on wings like eagles, running and not growing weary, walking and not faint. How can you apply this verse to your life in the coming week? And at the same time, challenge our listeners how they might do the same.
1: Yeah, I'll just share with you how I'm wrestling through it to try to answer that question for myself because in many ways I feel like this verse is this deep, deep well of water and I've only taken a little sip and I have a lot to still really learn to begin to um, live this out and really understand it. But the choice I was challenged with was, first of all, I realized that choosing to wait and trust and hope and be expectant in God is not some magical feeling that's just going to wash over me and it's I'm good to go and I don't struggle. For me, mm-hmm. what I realized is that this verse is letting me know that I need to let God be God. He's the one with the strength. I'm not. He exchanges it. Like you said, he takes our weakness, gives us his strength. So I need to let God be God and do his part. And my part is to wait and to hope and to trust. And for me, what that comes down to in my life is literally taking my thoughts captive in the, in the moment that I'm being challenged. For me, it's choosing to recognize what is it that I'm really thinking at this moment? (laughs) And is it true? Is it based in God's word? Am I letting my thoughts run wild on me about something? Am I trying to play the role of God in a situation where I'm supposed to be the sheep, like we talked about, the sheep that he's holding close to his heart? And so for me, that getting to that place where I can Wait and hope in the Lord isn't this magical feeling. It really is a moment by moment choosing to surrender to Him, choosing to take my thoughts captive, and then trusting that He is going to meet me in those moments and renew my soul.
0: Very well said. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And with that, running parallel to that, as you were sharing, it, I, got, I went back to one of the things that came to me from him when I was meditating on this verse. And the second stanza of the verse says, they will soar high on wings like eagles. And that word soar in the Hebrew means to be lifted up, carried away or ascend. So it's a picture of us being lifted up above our circumstances. So everything is still happening. All the challenges are still there. But when we're meeting with Jesus face-to-face in prayer through the power of the Holy Spirit because we have the same power that raised jesus christ from the dead alive inside of us we can meet with jesus face to face in prayer he is our great high priest he's how we get to god so when we pray to god we pray through the person of jesus he is our mediator and when we are meeting with jesus in prayer guess what happens the world fades away and we get lifted up above our circumstances they lose power. This world loses power. Whatever you're going through, Crystal, whatever challenges, whatever difficulties, whatever question marks, whatever, whatever feels raw or broken or exhausting in your life, my life, the life of our listeners, all of those things fade away when we're meeting with Jesus face to face in prayer. It is literally this little tiny sliver, this little tiny taste of heaven that we are blessed to have this side of heaven through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, who is God in us, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So we experience Jesus in prayer, communing with the Father in prayer, and that literally, according to this verse, lifts us up and puts us on a high place above our circumstances. That is what you're saying. You're using different words, but you're, you're saying the same thing. Our strength is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And it's not just here, Jesus, I trust you today. I give you my burden today. It's I trust you with my future. I trust that you're going to take everything that's broken and shattered and messy and impossible, and you're going to create a masterpiece out of it. That's what faith looks like in this context. It's not empty prayers. It's not, God, I'm just trying to make it through the day. That's good. But he's saying, I want you to trust me to the level that you're willing to thank me for what you're going through and you're thanking me in advance for what you're trusting and knowing in your heart of hearts that I will do through everything that you're experiencing today that feels like a catastrophe That you pray thanking me for it thank you god for drawing me to yourself through this circumstance thank you for lifting me above it thank you for not only giving me strength but allowing me to soar like an eagle raising me up above these circumstances because it's with you face to face with you that i will not get weary no matter how long and hard i run No matter how long this situation lasts, I'm not going to grow weary. And no matter how long I have to walk through this last stanza of the verse, I'm not going to grow faint. Not because it's going to get easier, but because I'm going to experience your faithfulness and who you are on a deeper and deeper level. Crystal, thank you so much for spending these weeks with me in Isaiah 40. What a blessing, what a challenge, what a joy. And listeners, again, I ask you, if you haven't already, please spend some time in Isaiah 40. This is a very, very rich chapter. It's a massive transition chapter to the last chapter. 40 through 66, the last chapters of Isaiah are all about Jesus Christ, messianic prophecies. Jesus is coming. And then as you spend time in Isaiah, And you get to know Jesus in the Gospels. You see all of these parallels. And wow, the word of God comes alive, doesn't it? That's what I love about (laughs) Isaiah. It's like, hey, Isaiah (laughs) talked about this. This is happening now in the New Testament. And Jesus, you know, Jesus was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah hundreds and hundreds of years before. So very, very exciting. So Crystal, next week, we get the treat of enjoying you and Melina together in God's word. And I am so excited to hear what he gives you. So thank you in advance for being willing to meet with her and talk about another really incredible passage from the Old Testament. So let's pray and we will look forward to hearing from the Lord through you next week. Father God, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you that it never returns void. I thank you for this powerful, beautiful chapter where we receive your comfort, where we are promised that your word will never, ever end, never fade away, that it's eternal and it is a safe place for us to put our hope. I thank you. Last week we talked about how you are the good shepherd and you don't just carry us around your neck. You carry us against your heart because you are so in love with us and you are so concerned about us. And I thank you for this verse of the week, the promise Lord, that when we trust you, when we wait on you, when we hope in you, we will find new strength. We will soar high on wings, like eagles. We will run and not grow weary and we will walk and not faint. I pray that you would make us into men and women that live this promise out as we meet with you, as we get to know you deeper, trust you more passionately and fully day by day. Help us to have the maturity to thank you for the difficulties in our lives, knowing that they draw us closer to you. And that is your ultimate goal for us, the side of heaven, that we would spend more time with you, that we would get to know you, and most importantly, become more like your son, Jesus. We love you, we trust you, and we thank you for being a God who is steadfast and so worthy of our praise and so worthy of our hope. You have our hope, and I pray that we would keep our eyes on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.